0: gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks in a mine. Impressive. Most impressive.
1: Seeing things you people wouldn't believe. Let's go see him again. may be frightened I've been having some stomach problems. Your papers are not in order. They're in order look at them again. No they are not in order.
0: The papers are not in order. Not the Third Reich this time, not some evil villain from a Indiana Jones movie, but one of Clint Eastwood's directed and starring films, an epic of the Cold War. It's Firefox, and he's undercover in Moscow, and the KGB is on his trail. We're making movies great again today with. As far as I'm concerned, a forgotten gem of the Cold War, and we're going to analyze it with our good buddy, the co-host of Making Movies Great Again, Chris Coles, he of the Alpha Critic and uh, Mr. Reagan channels on YouTube. Saluting you, sir. I'm not going to do what I usually do here because I'm actually afraid of the answer. I'll ask you later whether you actually liked the movie. But let me start elsewhere. Um, this, I love this film, and I think a lot of it has to do not just with... The tech, the plane, the hero, Clint Eastwood. But really, I can't peel this skin off myself. I am a child of the Cold War. From the opening scene, that Vietnam flashback (laughs) as they go to collect him from his cabin somewhere in Alaska, all the way through to fighting behind uh, the Iron Curtain to steal this wonder weapon. You're younger than me. You're like a decade younger than me. What does the Cold War mean to you, Chris?
1: Well, you know, the Cold War was still going on when I was uh, when I was a little kid. You know, I grew up with that as reality, uh, and so yeah, Russia was the enemy. The USSR was the enemy, um, and it was a little bit of a scary, you know, opposing force. Although I think that we had enough pride in America to think that at the end of the day we will be safe. America is greater than the USSR, and it turned out that our our faith was well placed. Uh, America did. Uh, Did win the Cold War and, uh, you know, it didn't last long enough for me to be, you know, to to get too worried about it, to to think too much about the politics of it. We had Reagan as president when I was a kid. And so, uh, yeah, the 1980s, if you're growing up and you're a little kid in the 1980s, you really were at least to some degree a bit carefree. I mean, you did have the bullies at school to deal with. Uh, you, You know, maybe I got in fights every week. But, uh, but you know, a lot of my life was like the Goonies. You know, I was riding bikes <laughs> around the forest looking for pirate treasure and stuff like that. So the 80s were, were pretty great for me. And were you aware of this movie before I picked it last week? No, I had never heard of it. And listen, you do not have to worry about <laughs> this at all. Honestly, this is – I think you're right. This is a forgotten gem. This is an absolutely brilliant film – I think maybe it gets overshadowed because, you know, four years later you had Top Gun, which was probably the best fighter pilot movie ever in the history of the world. It was just so well done. It was so slick. And this movie maybe is not as slick as Top Gun. It's got a little bit of elements of maybe like uh, Star Wars in it even with the, you know, going through the ravine and stuff like that. But it's – this is really an epic film. It's, it's a fantastic movie, and I think more, more people should be aware of it. Uh, not only, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that the uh, the Star Wars connection with
0: the, uh, the fighter pilot chase at the end between the two Firefoxes. Of course, the guy who's behind, the uh, for the time, I think, and still many hold up, the special effects was John Dykstra, seminal to the establishment of Industrial Light and Magic, the people that made Star Wars possible. So it's no surprise that there are connections. But also, this isn't, I think that we've got to put it in the right category here. This isn't, you know, competing just with Top Gun. Because there's you know fighter pilots involved or fighter jets, this is a little bit of a, a combination. It's like Top Gun meets uh, The Hunt for Red October, isn't it? I mean, this is a Cold War thi- oh, a Cold War thriller.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I've been walking around the streets of Poland for about a month now, and I gotta say, there were sort of it, it is a like kind of kind of a haunting place. The cities of Poland are kind of haunting places. There are a lot of remnants of you know, this the time that the Soviets were here, there's remnants from obviously from before that. But there is this sort of dark, ominous, brooding sensation that you get walking through the streets of Krakow. And it's you get the same sense in this film. Sometimes in the middle of the night when I'm walking through the streets, I do feel like an American spy, even though that's <laughs> not, you know nothing to do with me. But uh, you do kind of get that sense from the 80s movies. And this has that. And you know what's funny? It's like the be- beginning of this film is really is like a or I, I don't know if I'd say the beginning but a lot of the first part of it is a lot like a spy thriller a James Bond film and that's really what I love the most about this film I like movies that are journeys right I like novels like that as well where you start in one place you end in another place then maybe the hero has to get back home but the the story of the journey to me is one of my favorite kinds of stories and this movie has just so many different aspects to it. You never get bored. You know, like you said, they they meet him at his cabin in Alaska, and then they convince him he's got to go on this mission. Then he goes to Russia, and it becomes a spy movie. Then you know he he ends up st- he's able to steal the jet, and then it's this dogfight uh, in, in just different things, different completely different movies. It's like a bunch of different movies put together, but they work seamlessly and it's this beautiful journey and it works really well. And I had no idea until the final credits that it was directed by Clint Eastwood. So well done Clint Eastwood. Yes.
0: Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
1: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now,
0: 800-702-5400.
1: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
0: So the, the background to this story, a uh, a Welsh author, I think he was a, a high school teacher called Craig Thomas, uh, writes the original book Firefox, which is about this amazing new fighter jet. Uh, it, it's interesting because this is stealth technology before there's stealth technology. And not only does he talk about this... This fighter that can evade Western Cold War and NATO radar systems. But the added importance of it is this thought control mechanism that the pilot can actually fly the plane, can arm the weapons, can fire the weapons simply by thinking, of course in Russian to do so. And it happens. That was written in 1977. Uh, Clint, I guess, picked it up somewhere in airport, read the novel, loved it, optioned it, and then his production company decided to make it in 1982. I don't know why it fell by the wayside. Um, An amazing cast. Let's just mention some of the names. Uh, We've got Freddie Jones, uh, who is the MI6 boffin, who briefs uh, Mitchell Gant at the beginning, he's from Dune, he's one of the Mentats from Dune, he's in Kral, he's in The Elephant Man, we have uh, Nigel Hawthorne, I think we have the photograph of the two gentlemen in suits, uh, this is from Nigel Hawthorne's most famous uh, roles, uh, since then is a, a yes minister. He pra- played the permanent secretary to the minister and the prime minister in that long-running uh, British comedy uh, series. But a, a great cast, and of course we have at the top of it, we have uh, Clint Eastwood, what what for you is – how does this fit into the canon of the rest of Clint Eastwood movies? Because we see him as Dirty Harry. We see him as the man with no name. Is this just Dirty Harry pretending to be a Russian fighter pilot? How did this leave you thinking?
1: No, this is a weird movie for Clint Eastwood in my mind. Yes. Because almost every Clint Eastwood film I've ever seen, he doesn't really speak – you know Clint Eastwood, when he speaks, it's it's very seldom. He's a man of few words, but there's a sort of gravitas behind it. It's very rare that you see Clint Eastwood have a lot of dialogue, and in this film, he kind of had to talk a lot, and he and he had to act really vulnerable because he's he's a he's a veteran that's suffering from PTSD, right? Uh, Correct. I don't remember what they call it in the film, something else, but uh, they, they used to call it shell shock back in the World War II, right? So he was suffering from shell shock, He's suffering from PS- uh, PTSD because he fought in Vietnam, and he can't really get it together all the time. And so you've got these moments where he's struggling, right? And you can see him, see him struggling. So there's a lot of acting here, a lot more acting than you would normally yeah. get from uh, a Clint Eastwood performance just because he's got that stoic persona that you love so much. But you know what? It works. He's a, he really is a good actor, Clint Eastwood. It's nice to see him doing something a little bit different here.
0: No, I think that's a very, very good uh, description. This allows us to see more of Clint Eastwood's range, not just as a director, but as an actor. We're talking Firefox. If you haven't seen it go and watch it but not until you've finished making movies great again with us for the next 40 minutes and make sure you've subscribed to the alpha critic channel on youtube follow our buddy at mr reagan usa on twitter and if you enjoy our little discussions here make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts plug in my name sebastian Gorka. america first leave us a five-star review and do share the links with your friends Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan, and I'm Sebastian (laughs) Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro-compact in the world. Available in standard or optics-ready configurations, the class-leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus one with the standard magazine and 13 plus one with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. iconic moment where we see the legendary the fictive uh, mig 31 the stealth firefox uh, i'm just going to geek out a little bit here um I- i'm just blown away by the design here stealth before stealth before we saw you know the stealth bomber here the f-117 uh, we saw this on the movie screens people have written that this model actually influenced the design of stealth aircraft after the movie came out. Um, A lot of the effects here are done in camera. They're real. Uh, No computer graphics, at least not in the way we understand them today. And just that scene of the original Firefox, they built multiple full-sized versions. They couldn't fly. They could taxi it up to uh, 30, 40 miles an hour. But they built a 70-foot long Firefox built on a chassis that was a radio and antenna for a, a radio station. Uh, I'm, again, a little bit leery of asking this question, but how does all the special effects stand up, do you think, in terms of the fighter jet and also the the dogfight yeah. scenes, Chris?
1: You know, that full-size model, the full-size model was... Phenomenal! It blew me away. It was very impressive. The first time I saw it on screen, I thought, "Is that like a real jet? Like, what are they doing?" <laughs> and also, the design—the design was so, like you said, it was so uh, precisely. It was so similar to what you would expect an actual stealth jet to be. I thought, was that based on what they were currently speculating stealth would look like, or how? I didn't understand how they figured that out because it looked so much like what you would imagine a stealth jet would look like at the time. Uh, even though they didn't have self like you said and I, the whole thing was just super impressive to me now by modern standards i don't think it holds up so if you were like a if you were like a 14 year old really cynical punk kid you know watching this movie you might go oh that looks like a fake model right but it really doesn't when you first look at it i mean especially from the the you know model making That is basically perfect. Like, again, like I I wasn't 100 percent sure if it was a real jet or what they were doing because it looked so dang good. The optical effects, uh, you know, that kind of look like Superman flying in the sky and stuff like that, again, probably doesn't hold up to modern standards. But it. I mean, for some of those shots, especially for some of the early ones, I wasn't sure what was going on. I wasn't sure how they did the effect because it was so clean. It was done so well. So yeah, it's a little bit inconsistent, it's not perfect, you know, it is a movie from the, the 1982 and it does have that sort of 70s look a lot of it, right? I think there were other movies at that time that were more slick that were uh, that looked a, lo- a little bit cooler, a little bit more sort of precise uh, in the in terms of production value. And so maybe that's part of the reason why this film hasn't been remembered as this great mm. classic. But you know what? The, the the special effects were dang good, and it was, and you got, you understood what was going on. A lot of what special effects is 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 the ability to create the effect and tell the story with that effect. And I knew exactly what was going on the whole time. They they did a beautiful job, those guys. And so you know, I I I got a hand to it. You know, anytime you watch a movie, you got to think about it in the context of the era in which it was produced. Yeah. And I think you can do that with this film pretty easily, and I think you can really enjoy this film even with, like, imperfect special effects from today's standards, you know?
0: Yeah, they even invented a, a brand new technology, or John Dykstra did, it's called the reverse blue screen, because it's very difficult uh, to hide the mat lines of a dark vehicle in a bright, bright background, and of course there's a point at which, sorry, spoilers, he steals the plane and has to land it on an ice floe to get it refueled by the US Navy yeah. submarine that comes and acts as its uh, gas station, and landing on ice or flying against a, a White sky, very difficult to do with traditional blue screen. You often see the mat line, so they invented a whole new system. And of course, the footage, because this isn't computer generated, uh, the footage of the the pilots chasing each other was filmed from a Lear jet. They had some remote-controlled Firefoxes. Wow. Man alive. What would I give for one uh-huh. of those remote-controlled Firefoxes today? Um, there's also an interesting story of uh, the cockpit of the helicopters that are he used to chase him were reused. It was actually the uh, the uh, mock-up of the Blue Thunder helicopter. Uh, that's a movie we have to review as well. So They're, they're recycling uh, special effects and props from other movies but as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm impressed. Uh, what about the fact I, I saw people complain about this online I don't get it because we've seen this in the death of Stalin and other movies that you have Russians sometimes talking Russian, but the rest of the time, they're British actors with with uh, British accents or with a little bit of a Russian tinge. Does that, as an actor or as a consumer of the movie product, does that take you out of the story? Chris, to have Brits playing Russians. That's
1: a modern day thing. That's a modern day thing. So it used to be back in the old days, whenever they wanted anyone from any, basically any part of Europe, they would almost always hire British actors. This is a fairly common thing. People got to understand that back in the 1980s, we, you know, the world was a lot bigger place, right? The The world has shrunk significantly uh, with the internet, with uh, just the the cheap travel that we have. You can basically go anywhere in the world, either digitally or in reality, yeah. and you can get a sense of different cultures and stuff like that. Today, in a movie set in Italy, they probably would use Italian actors or get actors to put on an Italian accent. Uh, in the 80s, they would just bring in a bunch of British actors and have them speak with British accents, and you'd think, oh, they're foreign, right? They're from Europe, you know? That's, that's like that's how we would uh, you know that's how <laughs> movies just were you know the sixties seventies eighties and we all accepted it and it was fine and it worked you know what I mean so it, it's just a product of its time and it, at some point there there came a point when somebody made the comment oh why do they always cast British actors as like every other European <laughs> and then that this became like a trend so people complain about it now because it was something that was consciously identified like you know comedically and everybody talks about it but no i don't think it's a big deal look this movie when i'm watching this movie i'm seeing the influence of this movie on other movies while i'm watching it right right so at the very beginning of the newer star wars movies the jj J. abrams star wars movies i think the one of the earlier ones i think they got to pick up um you know, they got a Captain Kirk. You know, this ca- kid Captain Kirk. Yes, and, the first you know, he's one. Driving yeah, yeah. the desert yeah. to go see the thing. I, I feel like that. And there was a new Star Trek TV show where they did this, and the and the captain had like this beard, and he's riding a horse and stuff, and and you know, then this uh, starship comes in to co- to come see him. I think this idea of having the the hero sort of start out in you know the the, the country, and then the helicopter comes and gets him. I think that's something we've seen. Progressively in in other films since this film, I've never seen it earlier than this. But I think this film started a trend of doing that. It's a cool idea. I r- actually really like this idea. I think maybe I will write into a new script one day because it's such a <laughs> cool thing. And then and then also and then also the, the whole film I feel like st- uh, uh, um, Top Gun Maverick kind of copied this film a little bit in terms of the story, the idea that you know you got to go across enemy lines yes. to do a mission. And then you got to steal a plane and then get back. And I feel like somebody watched this who was, you know, you know, who commissioned to do uh, Top Gun: Maverick, and they watch this film and they go, "Oh, I'm going to take a bunch of stuff from this film." So I think this film was actually more, you know, uh, a lot more. influential than people probably think because nobody knows about this movie yeah we
0: find this don't we find this again and again and again with the movies we review chris that they have such an impact we are watching a a new tv show at the uh, or no movie the creator some sci-fi movie and we're watching the the future scape and my wife just looks at me and she says she says do you know How many movies would not be able to be made if it weren't for Ridley Scott and Blade Runner? Every stinking modern, you know, any dirty future uh, of skyscrapers is just ripped from Blade Runner. So, you know, if you make a good movie, it will have massive, massive influences, as will my friend. If you listen to him and watch him on the Alpha Critic and the Mr. Reagan YouTube channels, don't forget to follow us on social media. Just put my name, Seb Gorka, on all the usual platforms and don't forget my Substack as well sebastian if you support my former boss president trump if you want him back in the white house make sure that you have this yard sign outside your home wear this t-shirt or get this mug with his booking photograph from atlanta and a very simple phrase trump 2024 get yours today go to seb store.com s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a Store.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. Four
1: missiles launched.
0: Sky teeth have Had two of them.
1: Boy, is this a machine.
0: Boy, this is a machine. We can excuse his um, slightly accented Russian there. That is Clint Eastwood as the fighter pilot, Mitchell Gant stealing the Firefox from under the nose of the Russians. What a great... Could you imagine if they made a Firefox toy today? That would be my Christmas gift I would buy for myself because I can treat myself. I'm a grown-up now. How about those children who can't treat themselves? There's more than one and a half million of them across America who have a mother or father incarcerated this Christmas. Christmas. These boys and girls are incredibly vulnerable. More than two-thirds of them will end up in prison themselves. Will you help break the cycle? What we do for them is we get them a Christmas gift. And what is the effect of the Christmas gift? Just listen to one of our angel campaign volunteers, Stacy Campbell.
1: And it was a little boy I answered the door and, and I said, oh, here's a gift from your dad. And, and it was just this, oh, he remembered me. Yeah. And I think the whole gift kind of fades into the background. It's that connection and yeah. that realization that I belong and my friends are having Christmas, but I'm having Christmas, too. I'm worthy as a, as a little kid. And that's the part that doesn't leave you.
0: Wow, that's the part that doesn't leave you. $25 will get one of these children a Christmas gift on behalf of their incarcerated parent with a note of love from that mother or father and a children's gospel. Will you be that Christmas angel to make them feel a little bit more loved? $125 is five children you will help. $250 is 10 children whose Christmas you will make a little bit brighter. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do this Yuletide season. Will you please do it for me? $25. Just start with that. God bless every single one of you. You can call in your donation to the uh, the fellowship program on 888-206-2794. Or uh, just go to my website, probably easiest of all, sebgorka.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. That number again, please write it down and be as generous as you can. It really is a beautiful thing you do. 888 888- Two zero six two seven nine four, or just go to sebgorka.com Alright, you're out there in Europe right now, Mr. Reagan. You are uh, enjoying the culture of Central Europe. Uh, you're in a country that used to be on the wrong side of the Iron Curtain. One of the criticisms of uh, Firefox is the pace, especially uh, before he gets mm. to the military base and uh, steals the plane and has to escape, has to get it refueled and then Uh, make sure he he, uh, escapes from the other firefox tracking him what do you think about the pace because for me you know it's a cold war thriller cold war thrillers this isn't a schwarzenegger movie this isn't fast and furious when he's going around moscow or rather vienna made to look like moscow uh, the the dread is creeping the dread you know builds and builds and builds do you agree that it's a little bit slow at the beginning
1: no, I do not. Um this is what we call a thriller. This is not uh you know it's a suspense thriller. This is not uh, an action film. There are actiony moments. I think that if you if you go in thinking it's an action film, then maybe yeah, you're going to think that it's a little right. slow. But I love stuff like this. I love suspense thrillers. I love to wonder what's going to happen next. And I don't I don't think it's slow at all. There <clears throat> you know there is this this sense of foreboding, no matter what's going on yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Like, even at the beginning, when he's running from the helicopter, you don't know why that helicopter's there. Uh, and then it's revealed. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where, oh my God, there's this amazing moment at the beginning. Uh, or I don't know if it's the beginning, but like the first third of the movie where he's got to meet up with some, you know, underground sort of Russian defectors. They're the resistance All right, hold, hold that there, because that, you actually
0: just read my mind. I wanted to ask you about <laughs> right. the, the the impact of the scene I think you're about to discuss. We're going to save that momentarily yeah. because we just had a Vulcan okay. mind meld. We were talking about Star Trek, and we just, across 8,000 mi- mi- miles, we just had that Vulcan mind meld. All right, I'm not going to steal your thunder. We're going to talk about that next. Uh, this is Making Movies Great Again with our good buddy Chris. Chris Cole's coming to you from the well. I'm coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. What is perhaps the greatest gift you could give this Christmas? How about this? Do you know somebody who who struggles with daily pain? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a loved one. My mother, for more than two decades, st- suffered with pain every single day. If I'd known about Relief Factor back then, man, would I have bought her a Christmas pa- a Christmas present of a year's supply of this product? Why? because more than a million people, me included, have found relief thanks to this 100% drug-free product that attacks the cause of the pain, which is the inflammation. The products, the ingredients of Refactor, are proven anti-inflammatories. Look them up. Resveratrol, curcumin, omega-3. These products attack the inflammation. And if you've tried everything else, my wife was told when she was diagnosed, with arthritis, the doctor said, yeah, you're just going to have to live with it. Well, not anymore. Just like me, Katie, every morning takes Relief Factor. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief or if someone around you struggles with pain every day, you know what to do. Call the number 1-800-4-RELIEF or go to relieffactor.com. The three-week quick starter pack will be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Katie, in fact, my daughter as well, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. Write the number down. Make this an amazing Christmas. one eight hundred four relief reliefactor dot com. That's one eight hundred four seven three five four 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 by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Katie, in fact, my daughter as well, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. Write the number down. Make this an amazing Christmas. one eight hundred four relief That's one eight hundred four seven three five four 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 four
1: four 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 four
0: four 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 four
1: four 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 On this MyPillows 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size my pillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code Gawker to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size my pillow for $19.98, or call 800-829-847. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. What about this thought control weapon system? Oh, yes. Now, you don't even need to press a button. Your thoughts are transmitted through the sensors of your helmet into a computer. The rest is automatic. Now, Firefox is equipped with missiles which drop from under the fuselage. There are two cannon, none from under the cockpit. And there's the rear defense pod, which fires explosives backwards, which could knock out a potential missile. But this is very important, Mr. Gant. You must think in Russian. You cannot think in English and transpose. You must think in Russian. Nigel Havers playing one of the uh, Russian dissidents, uh, Baranovich, the scientist who helped build Firefox, one of the Jewish dissidents that is risking everything and will lose his life to help the West steal this vehicle. Um, There is a moment in the movie, I think you're going to maybe talk about this, that is hard for, I remember as a child, because I've been watching this since it came out, there's a moment where this movie suddenly kind of shocks you and, and wakes you out of your slow thriller beat and you go man alive that's tough walk us through uh what this movie does to its viewers which is uh, not just a run of a mill thriller no no <clears throat> you know there it's it's very suspenseful and like i said you don't know what's going to happen there's all these dark moments there's these uh, you know dark corridors there's these dark streets and as soon as Clint Eastwood gets to Russia, gets to Moscow, he's being followed by KGB, which is I think probably was actually probably standard for any yes. American uh, coming into Russia during the Cold War. So he'd be followed by KGB. Sometimes there would be one guy. some guys. Sometimes there would be three. Sometimes there would be a car with him. But he's walking through Moscow I think at like 3 in the morning. So KGB, of course, is following him. And he meets up with these dissidents, these freedom fighter guys. These, uh, you know, they they oppose the, the Russian government, and they obviously have some kind of connection with the American government. And they're supposed to basically take care of Clint Eastwood, and you know, help him to get his mission accomplished. So they bring this other guy with him, who I think may actually be the guy that he's. Is the guy that they brought with him supposed to be the actual guy Clint Eastwood is pretending to be?
0: Yeah, so he he's the quote-unquote American right. businessman Sprague who's right. been smuggling yeah. cocaine into Russia and blazing a trail unwittingly for Clint Eastwood to impersonate him and then take his place so he can move around uh, Russia. But they um, they surprise him, don't they?
1: Yeah, so so Clint Eastwood comes along. That wasn't clear to me at first that that he was meeting the guy that he was impersonating. That wasn't actually clear to me at first. Eventually, you figured that out. So, so they, you know, they bring this guy along, and then in order to fool the uh, the Moscow police, the KGB, KGB, whoever's following, yeah, following Clint Eastwood, they with a baton, they beat this. American businessman, heroin dealer, they beat him to death by basically smashing his face in right in front of Clint Eastwood. Now, Clint Eastwood is a hardened war veteran from Vietnam. Of course, he has PTSD, but this is not a PTSD moment. This is just... What the hell did you just do? You know, watching a man get beaten to death with and, a and stick, then, and then taking
0: taking Clint's fake ID and putting it on mm. the dead man as they throw him into the Moscow River to put the KGB off his scent.
1: Yeah, and not even not even with any sort of difficulty. This is almost like sort of like The Godfather, where the, yeah. this murder is done so cold and calculating, and it it really uh, shakes Clint Eastwood as it would, I think, most people who have never seen somebody beaten to death in front of them. Uh, and so he, of course, then has to take on the a new identity immediately and then try to fool the KGB just moments later. Uh, and actually he faces another guy, uh, another KGB agent, that's trying to, I think, trying to uh, extort money from him or maybe... Maybe take him to to jail. It's not clear what this KGB officer is up to in the bathroom moments later. But then Clint Eastwood has to kill somebody himself. So he goes through quite a lot in quite a short amount of time there. So it goes very quickly from being a suspense thriller to being uh, quite an action-packed movie there. But uh, but it works, doesn't it? It does work, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Look, the, the pacing of this film may not seem to be as consistent as people are used to in modern films. But I like that. I like the fact that it kind of, like you said, it like wakes you up suddenly. Yeah. And, you know, it goes from this slower paced suspense thriller to really quite a lot of action and, and, you know, an intense movie real quick. I love that. I love the pacing of this film.
0: And why is there such intensity? Well, this may be a fictional story, but uh, one of the dissidents who's helping Mitchell Gant explains... Why he's willing to risk his life and the life of his family is probably the most important moment morally and politically from the movie.
1: Supposing I get the liftoff and everything works well, what happens to you? It doesn't matter. You mean it doesn't matter? I don't understand why you're all so willing to die. I don't expect you to understand. Don't you resent those people in London ordering your death like this? Mr. Gant, you're an American. You're a free man. I'm not.
0: There is a difference. If I resent the men in London who are ordering me to die, then it is a small thing when compared with my resentment of the KGB. The difference is you are a free man, I am not. That's what it was all about, wasn't it, Chris,
1: during the Cold War? Yeah, you know, it, the Cold War was real, and there were people really suffering uh, under that regime. I do feel a little bit, this may sound a little bit uh, saccharine or, or something, but I do feel like we're kind of getting there today here in America. I feel like our freedoms are... Not well, sacred at all. I, I, I was
0: hoping you yeah. would take us there. I mean, the, the breaking news of two days ago that somebody who's a special prosecutor, like godlike powers, independent of the Department of Justice, requested a warrant for any American who liked or retweeted mm-hmm. one of the former president's social media postings and demanded their name and their address. We, we may not have labor camps in a KGB, but when you you can have your personal information just released to somebody by fiat, uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. We are close to yeah. living in that police state if we aren't already there. The salutary lessons of a Cold War classic the movie is Firefox by Clint Eastwood. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We are making movies great again. Make sure uh, to follow us on all the social media platforms. We are coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor. it's real. It works. It is liberating over one and a half million Americans across this nation right now. People like me. But it's not just me. It's also people like Alicia from California. Let me share with you Alicia's story. I'm a grocery store worker and was working double during the coronavirus shutdown. At 52 years old, my two bad knees did not get a rest. I literally limped to and from bed. Two days into relief factor and the pain decreased substantially. So thankful for this amazing product. That should be you. Find out today. There's only one way, but it's super easy. Go to relieffactor.com. Order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Alicia, and a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now, 1-800-4-relief, the number for relief, relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com. Aren't you gonna threaten me or something? I will do so if that is what you wish. But first I will merely ask you to return what does not belong to you. And then you'll forget the whole thing, right? <laughs> I do not think that you would believe that, Mr. Gant. Would you? Of course not. All I will say is that you will live if you return immediately. It is calculated that no more than four minutes flying time would be required before we could sight you back over Bilyarsk. And the alternative? You will not be allowed to hand over the MiG-31 to the security services of your country.
1: Not allow that to happen. I understand. I'm sorry, sir, but I can't do that.
0: I see you. you will not, of course, make it to wherever you are going. Goodbye, Mr. Gant. Slightly stretching the bounds of credulity, but I like that discussion between the U.S. fighter pilot who's stolen the Firefox and the first secretary of the um, Communist Party of the Soviet Union. You will not survive. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, final thoughts uh, on this movie. Um, any, any weaknesses, any, anything you'd like to add? Um, they were supposed to make a sequel. In fact, Craig Thomas, the author of the original novel, wrote a sequel that was supposed to be turned into a movie sadly it never happened um your take on this movie
1: you know i think there's a lot of clint eastwood films that are kind of forgotten he made so many yes. movies uh there's a film i watched a while back we've mentioned on the show before i think called the eiger sanction mm-hmm. uh as somebody i used to look, like rock climbing in college so i really loved watching eiger sanction because it's about uh, him and, it's uh, about clint know, eastwood f- 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 climbing a
0: mountain it's a thriller but it's about the
1: eiger mountain yeah yeah, I can Yeah, and and uh and that's a really great film. There was a lot of thrillers in the 70s that was kind of like a big genre back then. They they've kind of fallen out of fashion, I think. I mean, the Bourne films kind of brought them back a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I again, yeah, like it's a good point, actually. It's it's kind of a forgotten genre. I love the suspense thriller. I wish there were more of them today, even. There's it's just a great genre, they don't just don't do it anymore so much. But uh yeah, Clint Eastwood made some really great films that people forgot about. This is one of them. I like I said before. I think maybe it's not as slick, not as slick produced as a lot of the films in the early 1980s. You know, you had so many big films yeah, in 1982. Yeah. We've talked about many of them on this show, like Ghostbusters. So people were watching these big, big movies, and I think this one kind of forgive the pun slipped under the radar. <laughs> uh, you know, that the was a And the film was a bit stealth in the box office, I feel like. But no, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood was really great here. The film is one of those films. You know, it doesn't feel like an 80s film to me. It feels like a late 70s film. Yes. So if you love films of the late 70s and you don't remember this one or you haven't seen this one, you've got to watch this movie. It really is quite an excellent film, I would say.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It definitely, and maybe because you know John Dykstra was the special effects guy for the biggest movie of the '70s, which was Star Wars from 1977. It definitely has the the taste, the smell, the look of a '70s movie, but a, a highly underrated one. All right, uh, last uh, last little uh, background making of stuff. So the music was Maurice Jarre, a legend in movie music. He who he of Lawrence of Arabia and Givago. Uh, fame. If you think the submarine footage looks familiar of it breaking through the ice pack before it refuels Mitchell Gantz Firefox, that's because it is. It was stolen from Ice Station Zebra, or rather they paid for it and they, <laughs> re- they reused the Rock Hudson Cold War thriller Ice Station Zebra uh, for that footage. Uh, it was filmed in Austria and Greenland. The ice pack uh, was in Greenland. And there is a very, very strong... Uh, connection to numerous classics of the 80s, Empire Strikes Back and Raiders, with uh, guest uh, appearances by the likes of Ronald Lacey, who played the evil Nazi henchman from Raiders. That's Ronald Lacey. He plays one of the Russian dissident scientists who's killed in the movie. And, of course, we have uh, Wolf Kala, one of the uniformed Nazis from Raiders, uh, who is also in the movie as one of the Soviet officials and uh, lastly we have a guest on this show we have john ratzenberger one of the navy officers on the submarine from empire strikes back from cheers he makes a guest appearance as well all right uh, budget 21 million to make Netted, not too shabby, $47 million, not a huge success, but made back more than 100%. All that is left to do is for all of our viewers to go and watch Firefox, uh, to read the novel, and then for us to rate it and then pick our... Christmas movie so Chris uh, it's going to be a tough one for you this time because you uh, rate it for a modern audience we say this is definitely a movie stuck at the trail end of the 70s the early 80s so out uh, what shall we do Um, out of voice activated missiles out of 10 (laughs) voice activated missiles what rating do you give Firefox for a modern audience
1: well this is a tough one for me because I really did love this movie like to me it's hard to kind of explain sometimes why I like a film. Because yeah. sometimes a film, you just like it. Yeah. Right? So for me, this is like a 10 out of 10 for me. You know what I mean? It was like when I first watched um, uh, uh, Day of the Jackal. Mm. Day of the Jackal was like a revelatory film to that. I was like an 11 we, in my we, mind. We, we, we haven't reviewed that, have we, so Chris? No, we haven't. I, we love I, I, I love Day of the Jackal. I love Day of the Jackal it's a very slow paced film, probably a lot of people won 't love day of the jackal but i I mean to me that's one of my favorite of all time yeah. m- movies uh, and so when i so this movie to me was similar it' was like a revelatory film again, like maybe the special effects weren't perfect because you know we're used to like computer generated everything now, and everything looks amazing but it just it look it's a, just a great movie it's really a great movie, but I think for a modern audience, I do think people are going to love it i mean it's the right kind of person they will love this yeah. film so i'm not going to give it too low a rating. i'll give it an eight i'll give it an eight wow wow yeah i think it's that good i think even for a modern audience it's, it's right, well, really a great movie it's one of my favorites um
0: wow you put putting me in a tough position uh in the panoply of all movies i'm gonna give it an eight and a half Good for you. I'm really, you've, you finally, you have completely uh, redeemed yourself in my eyes. I will say that you do have a good taste in movies. If you like Firefox, you do have, uh, I will, Uncle Buck, we will not mention again, but you now have a good taste in movies. All right. Uh, I think we've got like one more episode before Christmas. It's your choice. So what is our Christmas choice of movie review going to be, Mr. Chris Coles?
1: Yeah, I, I was you know, I was talking to somebody and I said, "Hey, why don't you pick the movie this this uh, time for us, you know, a friend of mine?" And so he picked the movie and I was like, "Okay, we'll go with that." And then you texted me and you're like, "Oh, we have to do Christmas now." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, Christmas, of course." So you texted me a few options and I think, you know, it's it's a movie that I love. It's a movie probably most people have seen. It's not an 80s film. It goes back a lot further than that, but it's something that I watched in the 80s. I I wouldn't say every year, but many years because it's just on TV all the time. But I think it's a classic. It needs to be covered. I think we should watch It's a Wonderful Life.
0: I was so hoping you'd say yes. So hoping. A movie which is, I'm sorry, up there with Casablanca as one of the greatest movies ever made, which, and I'm going to steal my own thunder now from next week, was not a success when it came out not a success, Mm. was panned and was not successful. And today, one of the greatest movies by Jimmy Stewart and one of the greatest movies ever made. All right, get busy, guys. It's Christmas time. Uh, It's a wonderful life. And make sure you're following. Our friend, the Alpha Critic channel on YouTube, the Mr. Reagan channel on Twitter at Mr. Reagan USA. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We've been making movies great again. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty.